On today's episode, we've all heard the apocalyptic predictions about Social Security, maybe the national debt, other major issues, of course, that are supposed to just sink the economy. But do any of these predictions have merit in the years ahead? Well, on this episode, we'll try to separate sensationalism from reality. Will these apocalyptic predictions ever come true? Find out on today's show. It's time for Reengineering Your Finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Welcome to another edition of Reengineering Your Finances. Walter Sterl here with Charles Weldy, founder of CP Weldy Group, a certified financial planner and a CPA. Charles, Happy New Year to you, our first show of 2024. Yeah, Walter, Happy New Year to you. Time flies, doesn't it? It sure does. Did you enjoy the holidays? <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that uh, we had a big party for family members. I mean, we're growing like you know leaps and bounds. There's about 80 of us. And uh, we had children, grandchildren. I mean, it just gets bigger every year. It's, it's such a blessing. Where do you fit all of those people into this? Into the uh, space well, for true confession, I have a fairly decent house, decent sized house, but uh, I have assist- two sisters and a brother that have bigger houses. So every other year they alternate. So we fit everybody into one of those three houses. Nice. And it's just, yeah. just mayhem, I'm sure. Lots of Oh, fun. it's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we did one of our get-togethers this year, not because of the size of the family, but because of uh, some accessibility limitations of some of the older members of the family that have trouble getting upstairs and that sort of thing. So we did something a little different this year. We actually rented out a senior center for an afternoon and got to have kind of our Christmas party in the senior center. So it was kind of fun, and it was easy accessibility for everybody to get in, and the kids were still able to then run around in the big space and have fun and throw the football out in the park that was next door. So it was kind of a fun way to do it. So if at some point you guys expand like 120 and you outgrow the house, you could always look into a, a Well, it sounds like, like your method is a lot easier <laughs> with the cleanup, you know? <laughs> yes, for sure. Absolutely. Because what you do is about, uh, about, about 30 minutes before you're supposed to be out of the building, you just say to everybody there, Okay, party's over. Everybody grab something and throw it away. (laughs) (laughs) And it works out beautifully. So good stuff. Well, glad everything went well for you. Uh, We picked a very rosy topic to start off our 2024 with here, Charles, talking about apocalyptic predictions. But um, I I think we'll still have a good time discussing these issues and kind of bringing some truth maybe to these conversations. And like I said in the intro, helping separate sensationalism from reality. So what we're really looking for, Charles, here is if we're worried about all these things that we're going to cover, you know, just help us kind of understand whether some of these do have some merit and we should pay attention to them and others that you really just don't see being a major issue, maybe even despite all that's in the news out there. Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. All right. We'll start with one that people have certainly heard about before. It relates to Social Security. People have probably heard the summation of Social Security is going broke. They're going to have to cut everyone's benefit in order to fix it. How big of a deal is that apocalyptic prediction? Well, I mean, I don't really buy that. I mean, realistically, if uh, it's not going to go broke. And the main reason, Walter, it's funded by payroll taxes. And for the most part, you know, they can increase the payroll tax rate. Right now, people are paying 7.65% of their wages. They could increase that 765 you know, and have more revenue coming in. That's one fix. They also can eliminate the payroll tax cap. So I think somewhere around $160,000 a year is the payroll tax cap for Social Security. They could just raise it to 200 grand. Now they got more revenue. And there's a lot of people today making some good money. And, you know, that wouldn't really hurt them, but it would surely help the Social Security fund. 
They also could raise the full retirement age. Right now it's 67. They can make it 68, 69, 70. They can uh, do away with the early retirement age of 62, make it 65. Uh, delayed Social Security now is 70. People are living longer. They can make it 72. So there's a lot of fixes there. Uh, and even like as we speak, um, some people pay taxes on their Social Security benefits up to 85% of their benefits. So if they got $50,000 a year, they could have 85% of $50,000 subject to taxation. What's to stop the uh, IRS or the government from taxing 100% of the benefits? They can change that rule too. They have cost of living increases every year. They can modify that or eliminate that. Yeah, they could certainly cut benefits, but you know, I've heard that maybe in the future they're going to reduce them by up to 20%. But that would be political suicide. So I think there's enough fixes, uh, you know, uh, with the Social Security system to ensure that, A, it's not going to go bankrupt, and B, that money will be there so that people that are currently getting benefits aren't going to get a, uh, a Social Security benefit cut in the future. You make a lot of sense there. Yeah. So there, there's a problem. Social Security is going broke, quote unquote, but there's lots of other ways that we can massage and fix the problem in various short and medium term lengths that the the last thing they're going to want to do is actually cut benefits. So they're going to they're going to make the cake a little bit differently is how you see it. Exactly. Okay, makes sense. All right, so that's one apocalyptic prediction. Here's another one. The national debt is out of control. Oh, it was just in the news uh, like yesterday, right? Did it passed $34 trillion, yeah. I believe, something like that. Yeah, I can't even fan what $34 trillion is, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just wish I won the lottery and, and won like $20 million, you know? Thirty-four yeah. trillion is like outrageous. Yeah, but how, uh, you know, how many more thousands is that? Right, so. uh, I, I can't even imagine it. I mean, I, I read something. If you you know put the stack of dollar bills or you know whatever, you know it would it would be like you know hundreds of thousands of miles. But it's it's kind of like uh, unfathomable to even imagine it. But here's my take on the national debt. I mean. You know, it's really a result of massive government spending, and that's really the problem, right? So a solution would be to cut spending, which may occur, or to raise taxes or a combination of both. So I kind of think that, you know, definitely going to raise taxes. Will they cut spending? Like, hopefully they will, because if we ran our household budget like they run the government, we'd all be bankrupt. They could, you know, also a potential solution, they talked about this many years ago, and, you know, I'm not in favor of it, but, you know, it is a potential solution is to create a national sales tax. I mean, that would be additional revenue coming in when people make expenditures. And I guess the knock on that is it hurts the poor more than it hurts the rich. But, hey, you know, there's a potential solution. They also could reform Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid, which really are the three largest entitlement programs. But again, as we mentioned earlier in this broadcast, that's political suicide. And, you know, will that happen? Uh, it could, but, you know, I kind of doubt that that's going to be uh, a solution to the national debt. They, they could grow the economy. I mean, obviously, I don't mind paying interest as long as I'm making money. So as long as the gross domestic product's growing, uh, you know, we have enough money to service the, the debt, you know, uh, maybe not pay it down fully, but at least pay the interest on it. Uh, right now, we're paying a lot of interest because interest rates have uh, gone up. But I think eventually interest rates, you know, will get back to normal. And normal in my world is somewhere around 3%. Right now, they're maybe north of 5 So, I mean, the real problem with the national debt would be if there was a slow growth in the economy, we'd have a real problem like servicing that debt, and then people would begin to panic. And uh, maybe we'd be in, you know, we'd be in like dire straits. But I think there's, um, you know, cutting spending and raising taxes or a combination of both is really the potential solution in the short term. 
Yeah, very good breakdown. I know as a certified financial planner and a CPA, you are certainly one to keep your eye on anything related to the tax world, and the national debt obviously gets linked with that quite a bit. All right, next uh, apocalyptic prediction is about climate change. Uh, People think it's a very serious problem and that the economy needs to be completely overhauled in order to deal with it. We've seen evidence of that in recent years with the the Green New Deal proposals, and it's certainly in the news all the time. Uh, Do you think retirees are really going to have their finances impact by um, the climate change problem or people uh, trying to make adjustments to our economy based off of climate change issues and concerns? Well, I mean, I don't think retirees are going to have an issue because, you know, it's going to take forever and a day and they're going to be gone. But, you know, the younger people, I know it's, you know, it's a factor of climate change. I mean, I have to admit, you know, I'm a skeptic about climate change. Uh, what, what does it mean? The world's getting warmer, right? That's my understanding of it. And the solutions are, hey, you know, let's take fewer uh, airplane flights, uh, eat less red meat, you know, switch to EVs, electronic vehicles instead of, uh, you know, gas powered engines. I mean, I think, in my humble opinion, again, it's only my opinion, it's more sensationalism than reality. I think, yeah, we have to be aware of like how we leave, you know, the environment to future generations. But the fact that we're going to solve it in the next 10, 12, 15 years is ludicrous. And, um, you know, I think sometimes trying to solve a problem, we create new ones. And I would just say climate change, yeah, it's uh, it's an issue, but I don't think it's... uh, more important issue than, say, inflation or higher taxes or housing or crime or, you know, things of that nature that we're dealing with day in and day out. So uh, I'll leave it at that. Climate change is something that shouldn't be ignored, but it shouldn't be overemphasized either. All right. Very good. So apocalyptic predictions on today's show. Where's the merit? Where are we maybe placing a little bit too much concern, especially from a financial perspective here? Let's talk about runaway inflation. It certainly felt like that last year. Perhaps it won't be so bad in 2024. uh, But there have been some predictions over the last many months that it will continue to rock the economy for years to come. Perhaps we haven't seen the last of it. Well, I think when it comes to inflation, I have to admit I'm an optimist. I mean, I think you know, uh, in reality, I mean, inflation is a hidden tax that affects everyone. We're paying higher prices for just about everything. But I believe it's going to get back to normal. And what is normal? I mean, historically, treadline inflation has been roughly 3% a year. And I, I think we're going to get there. You know, again, you know, it's just my opinion. I, I'm not an economist. But I, I'd say within two or three years, we're back to treadline inflation of 3%. I remember, and perhaps you remember too, Walter, in the late 80s, early 90s, I mean, mortgage rates were over 9%. You know, today, they're like 7% and people are screaming. Like, it, it, you know, I mean, this too shall pass. CDs were paying double digits back in like the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Today, they're paying 5% and everybody's happy. It's a different world. But I think over time, we're going to revert to the norm. And the norm, in my humble opinion, is, hey, CD rates aren't going to be 5% forever. And uh, mortgage rates aren't going to be 7% forever. We're going to get back to maybe 5% mortgage rates and maybe like 35 4% CD rates. I think, again, this too shall pass. Uh, you know, the, today's headlines are inflation is like killing everybody. But the reality of it is, is I don't think it's going to last, you know, forever in a day. Great to know your perspective on that. All right, here's another one. Higher interest rates will grind the economy to a halt eventually and crash the housing market because no one will want to move while they have 3% interest rates on current homes. We've seen the brakes pump on that, and you kind of just alluded to it a little bit there in that inflation conversation. Still an optimist when it comes to interest rates as well, since we still have so much more headroom to get to where we used to be back in the 80s. 
Yeah, I think the fact that people aren't going to move because they have a lower mortgage rate is really sensationalism again. I mean, again, like not everybody has a mortgage. And really, when it comes to housing, cash flow is a major factor, right? You could have higher interest rates, but you could move into a place that has lower maintenance costs, lower utilities. And again, cash flow is king when it comes to housing. You know, the problem is like that I find is younger people, they aren't buying houses like we bought them when we were like growing up. For whatever reason, like a lot of these people are transient, you know, home ownership isn't really a, a big goal of theirs. You know, so the demand might not be there for certain like prices of houses. Maybe I'm just thinking out loud, a house that, you know, maybe two fifty to like uh, 400000 you know, uh, that's probably, you know, a good starter home for a married couple. Um, you know, they're just not, some of them aren't interested or most of them aren't interested as they were years ago when we were growing up. Uh, obviously, the prices were reduced when we were buying them years ago, but it's the same concept. The starter homes, people are like, you know, just running out apartments and, uh, you know, for the most part, they're not interested in buying homes. And I think that the fact that the mortgage interest rate is high, I don't think that's really like hurting people because you can always refinance when interest rates go down. And think about it, like, you know, even if you got like a 7 8% mortgage today, you know, and you lived in a house for 25, 30 years, now you're retired, you know, chances are you probably refinanced two or three times, you got lower rates, the price of the house that you bought at 250, you know, $400,000 skyrocketed, your equity in your home is like unbelievably great, you know, if, if history's any guide, you know, and if you went the other alternative and just rent it. I mean, rent goes up pretty much every year and you have no equity. So um, I I don't think that the fact that interest rates are high um, really is affecting the market and it's going to make real estate prices crash. Really good perspective there as well, Charles. All right, last but not least, uh, there was a reference in the World Economic Forum's predictions uh, over the past couple of years about how we'll own less property and uh, in the in the coming years. And and basically, what they said is by twenty thirty, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And it's interesting that sort of resonates with your impressions of maybe the youngest generation being sort of transient and not interested in home ownership. And just curious, uh, that, that I know that that's caused a lot of uh, feedback in the news, whether it be politically or just concerns about, uh, you know, a, a global approach to money and finance. And I'm curious what you think about maybe those takeaways. Yeah, well, I did happen to read the article. And uh, I, I mean, I don't, I, you know, again, maybe because of my age, maybe because of my background, I, I don't really buy it. I mean, they're talking about communication, the future will be free, the internet's free, you know, why buy a paper, uh, transportation, you don't have to own a car, you know, public transportation will be easier, quicker, more access, cleaner, you don't have to pay rent because when you're not there, other people can use your apartment or your house, you know, it doesn't make sense to me, but that's kind of what the article is uh, is inferencing. More green space, less concrete. You know, you'll be riding your bikes more, walking more, growing plants. I mean, it all sounds good, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's like, what are your goals? You know, what are you here for? You know, I mean, you got to have a purpose. And it just seems like if you wake up and, you know, you don't have to do anything. I mean, what kind of life is that? Uh, they're talking about artificial intelligence and robots that doing most of our work. Yeah, you don't have to worry about rush hour. You sleep better. You're spending more time with other people. I mean, that's all good. But like, you know, I think work is really the foundation of like a lot of our identity. And, you know, if we didn't have that, I mean, you know, I mean, you can only like have party for so long. But, you know, the solution for them is like, hey, there's no real pollution. There's no social unrest. There's no unemployment. It all sounds good. 
But I'm a capitalist, you know. Uh, I like to get educated. I like to, you know, pass it on to other people. I like uh, people that have goals and dreams and feelings. And I kind of think, you know, with uh, everything free and you don't have to worry about anything, I, I think we lose our identity and our purpose. And, you know, I just think that um, it's pie in the sky. Interesting to get that perspective. And I, I think it's really interesting that you hit on the fact, Charles, that you know, it's it's like the the matter of purpose, right? And and I'm not saying the purpose is to own stuff, but it just gives us something to strive for as as a species, right? So if if we're not if we're getting rid of the traditional things that we strive for in life, what are they being replaced with? And exactly. are they going to be fulfilling as a as a society? And uh, that'll be interesting to watch play out in the coming years. And uh, you're not going to get rid of all the people that want to own something, Charles. So <laughs> it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how those personalities maybe clash or or maybe get along well with you know folks who don't have that same interest. Perhaps there's a symbiotic relationship there. All right, you don't want to own anything, I'll own everything. <laughs> that yeah. kind of works out for both of us, I guess. Absolutely. So yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. Well, thanks for your perspective on all of those. I know this wasn't uh, necessarily the the hard-hitting, straightforward financial guidance we usually cover here on re-engineering your finances, but I think it does give us some good perspective of maybe what's out there in the news that we should freak out over and what do we need to kind of take a little bit more measured approach. And luckily, Charles, it sounds like the measured approach is your answer to almost every single thing that we covered today. So that is great to know. Uh, if you've got questions for Charles, if you want to go through a uh, planning process to find out if you're ready for retirement or not and what to do about it if you're not, you can certainly set that up for a complimentary financial and retirement review. All you have to do is call 610-388-7705 or go online to cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. We'll put the contact information in the description of today's show so you can find it easily. Charles, thank you for your help. I know we'll have another episode coming up soon. And uh, until then, take care. Thank you, Walter. All right, thank you. That's Charles and Walter. We'll see you next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Ohio. CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice. Insurance and tax services offered through CP Weldy Group are not affiliated with PCA. Information received from this podcast should not be viewed as individual investment advice. Product discussions and illustrations are hypothetical in nature and will vary based on many factors, including but not limited to age, health, product, insurance carrier, and product design. You should consult the insurance carrier website and policy for detailed information. Content may have been created by a third party and was not written or created by a PCA-affiliated advisor and does not represent the views or opinions of PCA or its subsidiaries. For information pertaining to the registration status of PCA, please contact the firm or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website, www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. For additional information about PCA, including fees and services, send for our disclosure statement as set forth on Form ADV from PCA using the contact information herein. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money.